And what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. This is the MMA combat boxing episode that I normally record on Thursdays, but we're switching it up with the football season coming coming around now. Uh, me and Shoulders will record on Thursdays, hopefully, so that way you guys can listen to the show with our predictions and stuff with uh, the Saturday games and Sundays, stuff like that. Uh... A lot of news this past week uh, as far as combat stuff. Last weekend we had BKFC 7. Hell of a paper... Uh, paper no, it wasn't even a pay-per-view. It was free. Hell of a card, I should say. Um, our weekly Conor McGregor news. We touched a little bit on it yesterday during that episode because I just want to see what uh, Shoulders' uh, opinion about it was. And then uh, we got UFC 240... One, I think it is. Chromier and uh, uh, Stiopchek are fighting this weekend for the, the rematch. Yeah, it's UFC, UFC 241. And decent looking card. Um, I know last weekend's uh, fight card was not the greatest from what I was seeing on Twitter. Sound like Bare Knuckle blew them out of the water, but... Before we do any of uh, any of these stories, uh, head over to Twitter, follow the show at ST Sports Podcast, follow myself at Jimbo ST Sports, and then follow Shoulders at ST Sports Shoulders O'Brien. Head over to our YouTube channel. We got a YouTube channel there. I gotta get the videos up. I'm gonna hopefully gonna get it all cut up this weekend. Uh, subscribe over there. Head over to Facebook, like and share our page there and also when you go on to Twitter to follow us head over to uh, our Teespring page for our t-shirts and uh, stuff like that we have uh, hoodies and even onesies for the little ones if you got any so like I said last weekend was BKFC 7 I was live tweeting it and Jesus talk about knockouts left and right uh, the first, uh, the first fight that came on was, uh, Quinton Henry versus Bubba Mc, uh, Marlboro. I don't know why I want to say McDowell. And you know what, like, in the first round, it seemed like Bubba was not necessarily picking it apart, but making his, his shots count. Fortunately... With just a few seconds left in the round, he got caught and just got knocked out. Uh, this Quinton Henry, though, I, I kind of like his persona. He has like this cartoon character type persona. You know, he was wearing the, the USA shorts uh, when he knocked uh, Bubba out. Kind of gloated a little bit, which I'm, uh, you know, I always say I'm okay with some trash talking. Just don't be, you know, over the over the top with it, you know. You know, I like to to see it entertainment, and I remember tweeting about this this fight here that it was a hell of a way to kick off the the night. How would Caleb Harris and Jonathan Vasante top that? Well, I'm pretty sure. Jonathan is still trying to wake up. 
I mean, one of the nastiest knockouts I've ever seen in my life. It was... I, I, I still say I compared it to when Apollo got knocked out by the Russian in Rocky IV. Just face planted himself. Um, I don't even think his face was hitting the ground yet, and the ref was already calling for a doctor to come in and you know help get this guy woken up. From what I remember, I don't even think he was standing there when they announced Caleb Harris as the winner. You know, he definitely was wobble legs for quite some time. But even that fight, the first round, it was a very entertaining fight. You know, up until the knockout, and unfortunately, Jonathan got knocked the fuck out. Then after that, uh, we had Dale Soapy versus Juan Torres. This was a pretty good fight. Even though it went to unanimous decision for Soapy. I had, I think, I, I think I only had Tor uh, Torres win one round. Um, these judges scored a 49-46. Uh, two judges scored at that. Then the other one scored a 48-47. It was kind of funny at the very end of the, the last round. Right before the bell rang, they both slapped each other in the face. Like, I know Soapy's been known to not necessarily punch people with uh, closed fists. More of a Nate Diaz or Diaz Brothers uh, slap. Which is, especially in bare knuckle, a smart move. I mean, you're not, you're not breaking your hand, but it still throws the other fighter's equilibrium off a little bit. And I'm surprised not many f other fighters are, you know, taking that type of uh, punch into their arsenal. But like I said, Dale Soapy ended up winning this one. Another good fight. Um, I mean, it's very rare you get three very good fights right off the bat. After that, we had Adam Pellerano versus Joshua Bordeaux. Uh, this one, Bardot ended up getting knocked out in the second round. I'm trying to remember how when I think it was one of those. It just eventually got to a point where he got knocked down so many times that. Oh wait, no, this this is the one that it was kind of a, a ghost injury. It looked like uh, Bordeaux was backing up or something, and in a way, kind of looked like he may have like twisted his ankle or something but when you watched it I think it was more of an Achilles because he didn't twist his ankle or anything but when he was putting the weight on the his one foot that he hurt he just collapsed grabbed the ankle and ref you know called the fight and you know again it wasn't it wasn't as good as the first three but it was still entertaining and Unfortunately, even though it was considered a knockout, Adam won by injury. Then after that, we had Isaac Valley Flag versus Melvin Gillard, who was making there making his uh, BKFC debut. And Valley Flag ended up winning this one by technical knockout, um, which just picking him apart all three rounds and 
while Gallard was sitting in his corner uh, about to get up, he said something about his hand, you know, possibly sounded like, you know, maybe it broke his hand or whatever. But I, I don't know. I mean, I know I'm not a doctor or anything like that. So this is pure speculation. But if his hand was broken, he wouldn't be able to grip a water bottle or, or you know, shake hands with that broken hand. And he was doing that just fine. So I don't know if it was a maybe a dislocated finger that he just couldn't go on with. And the funny part was these two actually, uh, they're really good friends, training partners, and live together. So, you know, Valley Flag is helping Melvin Gillard out with the training and stuff like that. So that's why they're living together. But uh, that had to be interesting going back home, at, you know, at night or even, you know, if it was the next day or whatever. So I was a little disappointed in that fight because I was expecting a little bit more out of Melvin and he just could not figure out Valley Flag and once again I, I said going into this fight that I thought the way Valley Flag would win this is he had to get a quick start going with the match and that first round it just seemed like his last fight he was just slow getting it going and the second round he picked it you know picked up the pace and stuff like that so I don't know, maybe that might be his style of fighting where that first round he kind of throws it away to figure out what his, his opponent is doing. Uh, but hey, it worked, you know. So he he went on to, to win this one. Uh, definitely 2-0 in the last two fights. He may be 2-1 in his last three fights. After that, we had Helena... Peralta versus Christine Ferreira, which was for the women's featherweight title, and I believe the bantamweight semifinal. So kind of like two fights rolled up into one. This was a hell of a fight. Uh, it ended up going to unanimous decision, which. Before they announced who the winner was, I, I came out and said that, you know, wh whoever gets the decision, I'm okay with. Because it was such a close, close fight. Uh, two judges had it 48-47. And the one judge had it 48-45. First round, Helen seemed cautious in a way. And Ferreira was just kind of picking her apart until she finally knocked Peralta down and tell you what man she must have pissed Helen off because when she got up ref said fight and she was like the Tasmanian devil just not even trying to make sure her punches landed it was more of I just want to throw as many punches as I can and whatever lands lands and by the time the, the fight was over their faces both of them were mauled you know uh, I understand the sport is a very gruesome sport but god damn I definitely would not want to fight either of these two women they they both got knocked down a couple times but they both kept getting back up and coming at the other and definitely showed a lot of heart and I gained a lot of respect for both these women 
and I can't wait to watch them fight again. I actually wouldn't mind seeing them run this one back again because it was so close of a fight. Then after after that fight, we had Chase Sermon versus Arnold Adams. Arnold Adams coming into the fight, this was his first heavyweight title defense against Chase Sherman. Uh, ended up going to a unanimous decision for Chase Sherman. Judges had a 49-45, two of them did, and then 49-46 the other. Adams just couldn't figure him out. Um, he was sitting back, kind of seemed like he wanted to play the counterpunch game. And by the time that fourth, fifth round came, he was already behind the scorecards. May have been a little bit too late for him, and he just couldn't figure out how to to land a big one to knock him down. Fifth round came, and Sherman knocked down Adams, and that pretty much sealed the deal for, for the fight. Uh, Chase Sherman, actually, I believe he called out Sam Shoemaker for another... You know, fight back. Uh, that was his opponent last fight. And again, that was another close fight and another good fight. I wouldn't mind seeing those two uh, run that one back. Then for the main event, we had Jim Ayers versus Leonard Garcia. Poor Leonard Garcia. Ref said fight and Ayers just, again, was like a Tasmanian devil. Unloaded on him. Dropped him. Stood up unloaded on him, dropped him, I mean, he dropped him like three times, and then finally the ref, you know, finally called it. I'll tell you what, Ellers, so far, I've, I've watched everyone since last June. The two fighters that I could honestly say are forced to be reckoned with in this organization is Jim Ehlers and Johnny Bedford. Ehlers... You know, unless you could slow him down somehow. I mean, every fight he's been in, he just throws punches in bunches. Now, granted, Leonard Garcia, he's older. He's a lot more worn down. And this type of fighting probably would have been perfect for him about five, six years ago. But he just he just has too many fights underneath his belt. His belt and... Uh, He's still entertaining to watch, um, so I'm sure they may keep him around another fight or two to see how he does, but I would like to see PKFC start bringing in some good talent and give like Jim Ellers and Johnny Bedford some, uh, some competition. I mean, Johnny Bedford, he has Reggie Barnett. Reggie Barnett's not going nowhere. That's, to me, he's going to be his... Rival going on, kind of like uh, Ronda Rousey and um, Misha Tate. But uh, so yeah, so that was probably the best pay per view or best fight card they put on since they started doing this back in uh, June of eight two thousand eighteen. I believe the next one is either September or October. I'm pretty sure there's no fight announcements yet of you know what fighters are going to be fighting there. So I know you know I'll give Ehlers credit though he he called out Lobov after the win and that fight I think would be a hell of a fight. I mean Lobov has a chin, decent boxing, 
you know, I, I would love to see that fight. So since we're talking about Lobov, I want to kind of bring up his uh, his brat of a brother. I guess I want to call it. So Conor McGregor's back in the news. He was doing so well trying to keep his nose clean. And, you know, me and Shoulders talked on it a little bit yesterday between who is the the more the bigger moron between A-Rod for leaving $500,000 of jewelry in his car that got broken into or Conor McGregor for punching a older gentleman in the face because he did not want his whiskey. So a video got leaked out earlier this week that Conor McGregor walked into a a pub in Ireland, grabbed a couple glasses, cups, whichever it was, and started pouring his proper 12 out to the customers. Some took it. Well, this one gentleman said, no, thank you. Well, I'm not sure if he said, no, thank you, but he said, no, I don't want it. And Connor said, eh, okay, and just clocked him in the face. Uh, the two guys that Connor was with yanked Connor right out of there. Uh, and this incident was back in April, which, again, I, I don't understand how no charges are filed. And the funny part, going back to the gentleman that got punched, you know, Conor McGregor trains every day, weight lifts, you know, spars, all that stuff. He hit the dude and didn't even knock him off his seat. The dude just sat there and was like, kind of looked like, okay, whatever. You know? But now the Garda Ireland's National Police Force did release a statement, uh, a little bit, a couple days after this video came out, and uh, in the statement it said, Garda are investigating an assault incident that occurred at a public house in Dublin 12 on 6419 at approximately 2.30. An investigation is still ongoing and there's been no arrests yet. Here is my thing, and this goes with the NFL, with Tyreek Hill with the video, the audio. You see him there. You, he's clear as day. You could tell it's him. You see him punch the dude. How is he not arrested? How is there? How is he not even brought in to be questioned? You know, I understand Conor McGregor is the Muhammad Ali of Ireland, I guess, if you want to say that. But no one is above the law. Maybe, uh, you know, I, I guess maybe Ireland has a little bit different laws or rules over there when it comes to assault compared to the US I don't know but common sense says if you punch somebody you're gonna get arrested no matter where you're at and you know with Twitter reacting to this a lot of people are saying why is it Connor always makes sure makes sure he's in the news when there's a big pay-per-view event that week. This weekend, UFC 241. You have Chromier versus Diopchik. One fight that McGregor is going to have his eye on is the Nate Diaz versus Pettis fight. And then in September, you have Nervinov versus Poirier for the belt. So I'm sure he's going to be in the news doing something stupid there too. And then in April, you have the 
last April. Last April. Yeah, I think it was last April. Had the the bus incident. You know, there's always, always. He always has to have his name out there for some reason. Listen, you're a big, you're you're a big name. Okay, you got your own whiskey. Yes, I know that. You fought Floyd Mayweather. You're the first champ, champ. Yes, you're going to go down in UFC history as one of the bigger names. Not the biggest, but one of the bigger names. Stop acting like a retard. I mean, like, are you just that stupid? You're not really that stupid, are you? Exactly. You know, I think he is. I really think he, he has brain damage from all these fights. You know, from before UFC to, to now. It's like, just grow up already. And I'm announcing on the show, I'm done with him. I'm done rooting for him as a fighter, as a person. I, I want him to get his ass beat. Whether it's Pettis or Diaz. And I'll tell you what, if they do the Diaz trilogy, I'm going with Diaz. Because I have to laugh at what he did at his open workout during the week. He lit up a, a blunt. And start smoking it. But you don't see Diaz walking down the street and... Okay, here. Diaz and his brother have a cannabis uh, company. But you don't see Diaz walking down the street offering his brand or whatever. And someone saying no. And you don't see Diaz slapping the dude. So what, what gives you the right to walk into a bar and maybe this guy knows that if I drink whiskey, I become a fighter and I don't want to be that person. Maybe there's a reason why he didn't want the whiskey. Did you even bother to ask why? Why do you have to be so stupid with this shit? God, he pisses me off. You know, it's, it's, it's such a shame because when he first came onto the scene... He was not like this, at least, you know, in the spotlight. And, you know, I loved how he would call, how he'd win the fight, and that's how he would go. But, man, once he got that belt, just like John Jones, he he's just falling off the deep end. It's, it's a shame, you know, but, uh, so that's my weekly Connor rant. Hopefully, he keeps his, his nose clean. And, you know, UFC is not going to suspend or fine him or anything. Because I did see someone say they normally don't get involved with this stuff because they want to try to keep their fighters as independent contractors. If they suspend or fine one of these fighters, then you basically are saying they work for me which opens the door for them to start a union. Well, you know, someone's got to step in and, and do something with these guys, you know, with Conor McGregor, John Jones. Um, it's, it's just ridiculous. Before you know it, I'm telling you right now, Bare Knuckle is going to be a bigger sport or bigger organization than UFC. I, I say if, if, they, if UFC keeps allowing these fighters to do this stuff, within the next five years, everybody's going to be over watching Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. So before we go, we have UFC 241 this weekend. And like I said, this this card is 
pretty good. You know, it looks looks like it's supposed to be pretty good. We have a, a rematch between Daniel Cromier and Stipe Miocic. Welterweight fight with Anthony Pettis versus Nate Diaz. Middleweight bout with Yoel Romero versus Paulo Costa. Featherweight bout Gabriel Benedictez versus Sodik Youssef. And a middleweight bout between Derek Brunson and Ian Heinzik. I mean, Derek Brunson, like this fight alone could could be a fight right before the co-main event. And this, this fight here is kicking the, the card right off. So for my first pick, I'm going to go with Ian Heinzik. Um, I know Derek Brunson was... Talking trash to about uh, maybe it was about Connor. I, f I forget exactly who. So I'm thinking he may have his mind elsewhere, and that's very bad to to do going into a fight. So I'm going with Ian Heinzik with the win. Then after that fight, we have a, like I said, the featherweight Gabriel Benitez versus Sodik Yusuf. Like I always say, I love these featherweight guys. They're quick. They're they're feisty. I'm going to go with uh, Gabriel Benitez with the win. Then right before the co-main event, we have a middleweight bout between Yoel Romero versus Paulo Costa. I know they were supposed to fight this or have this match, I believe, last year. And then Costa got popped for steroids. Romero got hurt. You know, so it's just bad timing. Finally, we got put together. I'm going with Yoel Romero for with the knockout. I know Costa hit a few fights. I saw him. Uh, it seems like if you could get him go deeper into the match, the more he slows down. I, I don't know how much of a gas tank he has for this match, but I could see a second or third round knockout for Romero. Then the co-main event, we have Anthony Pettis versus Nate Diaz. You know, I've always liked Pettis. I always thought he's very entertaining, just just with his his kicks. You know, he's he's you just never know when they're coming or what area they're coming from. Diaz, if he could get you down to the ground, I, I think he would win this. But I think Pettis is going to use his leg kicks to keep Diaz at bay. Plus, it's been a, a long layoff for Diaz. I never like taking a fighter that's been on a long layoff. So I'm going with Pettis with the win. Then with the, the main event, Daniel Cromier versus TPA Miocek. Cromier was on Ariel Hulani's show this past week. And made the comment that if he wins this fight, he could walk away and be, be fine. But he wants a John Jones fight. And if he doesn't get it, he's okay with making this his last match. Not saying UFC is set up. But I can see Stiepe win this. Cromier 
wanting a rematch and do a trilogy and it's going to make tons of money because he said all he wants is big names, big fights after this one, which is why he wants John Jones. Jones is ducking him from what it sounds like on Twitter. I think the Jones fight would be a lot bigger uh, money-wise fight for Cromier. But if he wanted to go out on top with a belt, I think he would want to do the trilogy because he, he's he's more of a heavyweight than a light heavyweight. And I think he's better at heavyweight. So I'm going with Steve, uh, Stipe winning this one. Could be a war. You know, they both weighed in roughly at the 230, 235 mark, which tends to show that they're more worried about speed and length of a fight instead of power and just get it one and done. So that's my picks for this week. Like we said uh, last night on the episode with me and Shoulders, Shoulders is going to be on vacation. We're hoping to do a a show together next week with Shoulders out on the, the beat, if you want to call it that. You know, get some live reaction from people out on the street or whatever. Uh, so you guys can have to definitely tune in to see that one. That one should be an interesting episode. So before I go, head over to ST Sports Podcast. Follow us on Twitter there. Uh, follow my personal one at Jimbo ST Sports. Head over to Facebook, like and share our, our page there. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe to iTunes. Leave us a, a review there. Let us know how you like the show. Till next week, this is your good friend Jimbo, signing out.